Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of History of the MCU, the podcast that covers anything and everything MCU related. I'm one of your hosts, Jake, but you probably know me as Lord Anarchy or Lord of Thunder. And I am the migrated madwoman, the blood boiler, the dragon of purgatory chasm, breaker of skulls, sucker of souls, mother of demons, queen of the seven hells, Jenny motherfucking mad. Spoiler warning as always, this is a rewatch podcast, so we will potentially be talking about any of the MCU movies, one-shots, TV shows, tie-in comics, and this week we will be covering the fifth episode of WandaVision, on a very special episode and it is a very special episode indeed so one thing i wanted to point out as we jump into this is in the recap when vision asked wanda where geraldine has gone wanda replies she's gone and she didn't belong here and that is not what wanda said to vision after definitely new yeah that was brand new and so that's one thing that i'm definitely gonna have to pay attention to is like i don't usually pay attention to like recaps of episodes and stuff like i'm just Mm -hmm. trying to get to the episode but yeah now i know that we got to pay attention to those because that was definitely different yeah so then we open with wanda and vision at home and like i said we're definitely probably going to get some like domestic wandavision stuff so i definitely love this opening scene i still find it really funny that wanda and vision are attached to the child with the opposite power set Wanda has Tommy, who becomes Speed, and has Vision Quicksilver's power set, and Vision has Billy, who becomes Wiccan, and has Wanda's power set. So that's just really curious to me that we've been doing, they've been doing the opposite the entire time with the kids, with the ones that are going to have the power set. So that's just been curious to me that we've seen that multiple times throughout, like, three episodes at this point now. Yeah. Sweet. And then Vision dances towards Wanda, count to dance, darling, and my heart absolutely exploded. I loved it so much. They're so good together. Everything that they do together is fantastic. They've been so good together with the physical comedy and like the old school like sitcom comedy stick. They're Bettany and Olsen are are really just just killing it. I would like to point out right here that it's weird that Wanda's magic hasn't worked on only two separate occasions and that was on the stork and i think we all know how that i feel about the stork at this point and uh-huh. it's so i just think that was really really interesting Vision yeah, and back. noted that she was being sneaky she was yeah, trying to do yeah. it behind she vision's sent, back she sent vision away to go get the binkies and so was definitely like you said trying to do it when vision wasn't there which is curious because she definitely uses her powers in front of vision later in the episode so yeah I guess but she probably knew he would not be pumped about her doing it on the kids. Yeah. yeah, I definitely understand that. So then Vision comes back with the pacifiers in his ears, and that's hysterical. Again, so cute. Just everything that they've done together. I just love it so much. Noise canceling is not that primary. <laughs> but it is because that's how you plug up a baby. So very cute. Yes. And then we see the baby. They put the pacifiers in, in the baby's mouth, and it looks like it's going to work. But then the babies just spit them out. And that was, like, directly ripped from, run- like... Not one, but like multiple trailers. Yeah. Wanda and Vision at that point are worried if they're going to be good parents or not. And Wanda says, maybe we just need some help. And who shows up? Auntie Agnes. Title noted, by the way. Yes. We've heard that before on our episodes and in the comics. So interesting. Catherine Han, yo, she's killing it too with the comedy i think we're gonna get to see her have like a norm moment in the next episode where he kind of switched from being in sitcom reality to like real reality i think we might get a, a moment like that with agnes and i think it's going to be really awesome to see Catherine hand to get to like flex her acting chops as well too oh yeah we can tell she's on the edge too we'll see yeah, more of definitely. it in this scene coming up but noted that she waltzes in in an yes. outfit with primarily purple and blue yes. colors 
Noted, Grim Reaper. Yeah. We see you. We, we, we talked about that earlier and t- perhaps Marvel gender bending the Grim Reaper and that could yeah. be who, who Agnes actually is. I think that's a really curious idea. Whether or not it actually happens, we'll see. But the purple sure. and blue has really, we've kept pointing out, it's, it's in, in everything she's done, she's done it in purple and blue. Yeah. We're on color watch. Yes, definitely. A hundred percent. Vision is definitely catching on to Agnes's weirdness and the fact that she keeps showing up when Wanda and Vision are in need. At this point, Agnes wants to hold the babies and Vision kind of freaks out like, no, you can't hold the babies. And then Agnes kind of freaks out because I don't think that was like the correct answer. So she asks Wanda if she should take it again from the top. And I just find it really curious that Agnes is the only neighbor that we've seen that's had any kind of control over sitcom reality. It's usually yeah. Wanda rewinding stuff or or making things the way that she wants them. So it's really curious to see a neighbor actually have some control. You've got a point here that Agnes seemed kind of fearful, and I definitely think that's a really good point. Yeah, it was really strange. So she comes in touting remedies for the twins, and she starts with lavender spritz. And I just think it's interesting. She's got this attachment to liquids and sort of a power of liquids, whether it's booze to get through a meeting or we see her mention dark liquor again for the twins, maybe for teething. That was an old, old school way to kind of deal with that. So I still am leaning towards maybe their potions. We're seeing some of her witchy thing. I thought maybe that lavender spritz could have been something trying to protect the kids in some way, because she mentions in this scene a little later Kids, you can't control them no matter what. And she seems so dejected. She seems like she's about to break, if not already broken. And with some of the stuff we see later in this episode, it's kind of starting to make some sense. But but like you said, she's different than the others. So And you you talk about Agnes a little bit later, and I'm I'm still just I I just don't know with Agnes. But they have that super awkward moment for a second, and then Wanda's like, sure, Agnes can hold the babies. And then her and Vision step away and have a private conversation. It kind of feels like we're getting to the point where Wanda's getting caught up in her lies and getting more comfortable with life within the hex, the Wanda, I mean, the Maximov anomaly, sitcom reality, whatever you want to call it. And that her lies are becoming a little bit more convoluted and far less convincing to Vision. So while they're having this this private conversation, Agnes is interrupting and she's super duper funny. She talks about there's no taming this tiger and kind of got the got the booty poked out, shaking it a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, they make a joke about Wanda makes a joke about Agnes's libido and like, yo, please let me satisfy Agnes's libido. Like, yo, I would I would love it. Tag me in. Oh, yeah. High five. <laughs> Let's get it. Taggy man. Taggy man. <laughs> Did you ever watch that show, Dance? What the fuck was that show? Dance 360 or something? It was like a breakdance competition show. Yo, I remember one that was on MTV. I have no idea what it's That's called. the one. That's exactly Yo, the one. Yo, the job with the Jabberwockies that won the first season? Yes. Yes, yeah. Oh, no, okay. that was yeah, So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, see, I don't know. I just Which was like way more legit than the show I'm talking about. Yo, that breakdancing shit is, is ridiculous. Apparently, they're adding it to the Olympics, and I think it's very well-deserved because... That's yeah, rad. You have to be crazy athletic to do some of that stuff that they're doing. And, like, I, I love to dance and it's sing. It's just and, as athletic as ice skate, you know, ice dancing, figure skating. Yes. It's on a level. I can't dance or sing at all, and I love to dance around. So if you actually can can do all that crazy stuff with rhythm, like, yo, that definitely should be... That's definitely Olympic-worthy in my mind. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We digress. 
<laughs> they, we pop back over to Wanda and Vision, and Vision wants to know that he isn't crazy, and that Wanda saw what he saw, talking about Agnes wanting to rewind the reality. But then again, they're interrupted by not any noise this time, but just silence. And so they think that the babies are asleep, and they go to look in the cribs, but the babies aren't there. And then we turn around and five, find out that the kids are now five years old. Yeah. Um, I think an important note to make right now is that every time Wanda and Vision get close to to getting on the same page and possibly figuring things out, they get distracted by something. Right. When Vision is coming close to a point where Wanda's going to have to tell him the truth. Yep. Where it's leading to me. The twins aging up that fast is obviously a big one, but we get another big, big one at the end of the episode, too. Yeah. So then we jump uh, to the intro for this episode, and initially I had this as my least favorite intro, but it's actually my second favorite. Yeah, I like this journey for you. Yeah, the Bewitched one is still like, yo, WandaVision, WandaVision. I don't know. It's too cute. It's going to be hard for them to beat that for me, but I I really love that one. This one, I first, I guess I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention, but the entire 80s riffs that they do is fantastic it's the detail that they put into like all the pictures even in the background oh my god was great so good seeing baby scarlet witch you know what i'm saying was awesome seeing the teenage one of her in sokovia i love that right baby vision teenage vision and child vision yeah they all scared the shit out of me nightmare fodder all of them hilarious i laughed through the whole intro that's it was one of my top ones right away because i just thought it was so funny the the music to it was so classic 80s like cottony filter you know what yeah. i mean i don't really know how else to describe it but you know how it feels and sounds when you hear it oh my god and there were definitely two big uh full house references in there with wanda and the kids and vision running and then when yeah. they were having the, the park are, yeah those are two things that are pulled like directly from the full house yeah intro, so the set even the house yeah. itself and the interior was so full house at heart i lived in San Francisco for a minute, too. And yeah, you know. God, it's like a back look. <laughs> One thing that I do want to point out with this is it was interesting to see that Vision has baby photos and he's technically like three years old. <laughs> so it's just it's crazy that Wanda in this sitcom reality has made like an entire like life for Vision. And it makes the moment towards the end of this episode when Vision says he doesn't remember anything uh, prior to Westview. All, all the more heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. Another thing that I loved was Vision had all the different costumes for the different seasons. That was super cute. Yeah. And then for the kid's birthday cake. I was expecting that to be your Abby. Yeah. One of the Vision and like the bunny costume or something. But yeah, the birthday cake with the one, two, three, four, five. That was pretty. Yes. I love that. So yeah, I I actually ended up really enjoying that intro. Um, So I definitely think that's my second favorite one now. Yeah. So then we hop back to regular reality and Monica is getting checked out. And the first things that we hear are pain, then Wanda's voice in my head. There was this feeling keeping me down. And this is, it's obviously Monica talking about her experience within sitcom reality, the hex, the Maximov anomaly. And so it seems to be very, very um, unpleasant. Mm -hmm. She felt like this hopeless feeling, like she was drowning. It was grief. And then you've got a note here where she says she feels like herself, but... Right, so feeling like herself again after being controlled in the reality. And do you feel like yourself? Really? Yeah. It almost sounds like she wasn't quite convinced, which has me suspicious. She was trying to convince herself, Yeah, though. exactly. And is it because she now has these powers? Mm-hmm. Is it because she's 
changed in other ways now that she's been thrown out of this reality remains to be seen. Yep. Sus at best. So I'm definitely a big fan of this trio of Darcy, Jimmy, and Monica. Yeah. Darcy being a big fan of Monica <sighs> makes me think that, that Darcy has probably like really followed like Monica's career. And it wouldn't surprise me if S.W.O.R.D. has been dealing with dark energy or wormholes. And this is something that we'll talk about with the astronauts here in a minute and possibly Fantastic Four. Pretty cool. And with Darcy being an astrophysicist, it would make sense that she would be paying attention to those kind of things if S.W.O.R.D. was exploring them. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. I thought it was more a cute reference to watching her on the show, but because she had been saying she was invested. But I like both. Just kind of feels like, you know, like with with Darcy being involved in astrophysics and, yeah. you know, that Monica's been off world. It just kind of seems like I'm not mad at the it. way that Darcy was like fangirling over her. Like, yeah, so I could definitely cute. see it. Just I could definitely just see it being like over the sitcom reality bits. But I, I think it may be that Darcy has kind of like followed uh followed um Monica for a little while. And I think that's really cute. Really cool. I love it. And then so the biggest thing from this scene is that Monica's scans are pure light. Mm. It's probably because she's photon or spectrum at this point and has, has her powers. And like Jenny says, she's trying to convince herself that she feels like herself, but she knows that something has changed. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to get her blood tested again. So it kind of feels like she knows something's going on and, and she's not trying to deal with this and, and right. all in the red I think tape. She knows Hayward is Hayward's acting suspicious towards a person who may have similar powers. So, hmm. Fuck Hayward. Bitch. So then we cut to Jimmy giving background about Wanda to the entire S.W.O.R.D. team. So we find out that Wanda was born in 1989, which is actually... Just like me and Taylor Swift also. <laughs> get it, girl. It's real nice to get some a, a concrete year for her birth. Yeah. Um. So this actually puts her at, if she hadn't gotten snapped away, she'd be, what, 30? 31 or 32. 31 or 32 at this the time. And so she's gone for five years. So now she's 26 or 27. So mm -hmm. it was nice to have some placement on her actual age because we talked about this yeah. in one of the previous episodes. I definitely thought she was way younger. So then we get to Wanda and Pietro's parents, Irina and Olga Maximov. So we definitely get names for them. I I'm sure that there's always, you could throw the twist where Magneto could still be their parents, but I really don't think that we're going to see that in the MCU. We do get a really cool reference to uh, a thing that Magneto does in, in the Fox universe that Wanda does, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, if anything, I could see her being more connected to the Celestials and Eternals. Yeah, definitely. Off I that storyline of hers. 100% agree with that. Which we think, I think we talked about a little bit in one of the earlier podcast episodes. Yeah, we'll bit. talk more about it on the Eternals preview slash depending on what happens in this show. But Yeah, because, you know, this might end super crazy. So we shall see. And, and yo, with that, with that reveal at the end, we might have to talk about some some mutant stuff earlier but that we shall see we find out that her parents were first for sure killed in the airstrike in 1999 and that's age 10 yep jenny's got a same note age that the kids end up in the episode yep. interesting i just thought that was an interesting tidbit formative age for the maximoff children definitely for sure and we also we see the kids witness another missile strike against their mother at 10 but it ends way differently for Wanda Maximoff than it did Noted. for Arena and Oleg, Oleg Maximoff. So, yeah, that's interesting. And, and I did see something on Twitter where they said they thought – I saw a screenshot where it was actually a Stark drone that was the one that shot the missile at Wanda. So there are some parallels right there definitely with the, with the 10 ages too. So they definitely say that, that her abilities are telekinetic and telepathic powers. 
Um, and I mean, that's definitely what we've seen from her throughout her appearances, but she definitely has gotten exponentially stronger in every appearance. And at this point, obviously seems that the strongest that she's ever been. But I definitely think there are reasons for that that we've talked about in previous episodes. Then Hayward comes in like a dickhead and points out that Wanda started out as a villain. And I just don't like that because it wasn't necessary. He brings up Lagos. Uh, which is at the beginning of Civil War, and then Germany, which is the class of the Avengers, uh, when the Avengers all fight each other in the middle of Civil War, and kind of makes it seem like Wanda was like the sole perpetrator of all this stuff. And I mean, sure, Lagos was a little bit more her fault than the class of the Avengers, because I mean, all the Avengers were involved in that. But I mean, in Lagos, it wasn't like she was trying to hurt people or anything. She was trying to, and she actually did save more people. If that bomb had went off down in the marketplace, way more people would have died than if she hadn't thrown low up in the air like she did. But I just, yeah, I don't like how, how Hayward tried to make it seem like she was the sole perpetrator of all this and, and everything that happened in those two events was Wanda's fault. I'm really glad that this wasn't the first name drop for Scarlet Witch. It was funny. Jimmy is always funny in everything that he does. But I'm really glad. I think it would have been really lackluster if this would have been the first drop of the Scarlet Witch name. Yeah, I, I thought it was cute that they dangled it, played into the meta bit again, knowing that we're waiting, knowing that we're hungry. Yep. But I agree. It wasn't the right time. Yeah. Yo, this part where Jimmy is like, yo, I don't like to speak ill about people. And Darcy's like, don't worry, I will. Hayward's a dick, but then gets cut off and instead is a terrorist. I think a lot of signs are pointing to Hayward being a at the minimum, an antagonist, but possibilities of him being a, a larger villain in this. Unless he's some crazy villain, I don't think he has any kind of juice to like actually be, be manipulating Wanda at all. Yeah. Which is some stuff that I've seen going around on social media recently. And unless there's a big reveal that he's one of the big villains, I don't think that's the case. And I mean, he it, it appears that he's been working with S.W.O.R.D. for a minute. So I, it just, that seems unlikely to me. I think that he's a dickhead. He reminds me of Alexander Pierce from Captain America Winter Soldier, who was the head of the World Security Council, or excuse me, was the head of, fuck, I don't know what he was. He was the head of some shit, and he was one of the, the big heads of HYDRA. That's the kind of vibes that I get from Hayward, not that he's like actually like a big villain in this. Yeah, I think he's a corporate baddie, but not yeah. a mystical, mythical, epic proportion bad dude. I definitely do think that there's the possibility for him to be a scroll. Yeah. but. I, I don't think that he's like Mephisto or Nightmare or anything like right. that. And he's got the power to actually manipulate Wanda in any form or fashion. Again, Dickward is an asshole because he brings up Wanda, I'm not Wanda, Monica's trauma as she was possessed by Wanda in the sitcom reality. Making Monica watch that and relive that is super duper cruel. I don't like that he's trying to discredit Monica in front of people. Yeah. It's super shitty. I hate Hayward. He's a dick monkey. He reminds me a lot of Ike Perlmutter and Joseph Loeb. Like, and we talked about them on the previous episodes. Just real racist, misogynistic, because he definitely did the scene that he shows of Monica when she's in sitcom reality was kind of stereotypical of quote unquote black women. And it, it's just gross. I hate him. Fuck him. I, I really hope he dies a super gruesome death. I'm yeah. not a fan of him at all. Yeah. It was an especially like, weird take on people in the 70s yeah like, so uh yeah uh just cringeworthy all around yeah. like i and for him to bring it up like yo if it was that excruciating and terrifying and it was a violation like monica says it is 
it's real gross of you to bring that up, especially in front of other people. So just fuck yeah. the word. To run the tape. Like, that's when, ugh. It's so gross. Like, she's in a trial and having to... Re- yeah. Ugh, I don't like that at all. No, at all. Fuck Hayward. It's like, oh, it was terrifying? And when she's got, like, a, you know... Why would you make somebody relive and rewatch that? Like, yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. But I love that Monica is defending Wanda, um, at least to a point. Uh, one of our friends, Chloe, who's actually going to be on for the finale of WandaVision, super excited about that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. made a real good point about Monica's outfit in sitcom reality being blue, which is the color of an ally, yep. which is what we see Monica currently to Wanda. Even in the scene where, you know, Wanda kind of looks like she's still got some animosity towards Monica. Monica is still like, yo, like, I'm trying to reach out. I'm trying to bridge this gap. Let's be friends. So. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Yo, I a million percent agreed with Monica about Wanda having no ill intention when she started the reality or really even up until this point. But then Hayward plays Wanda attacking the sword facility and taking Vision's body. And yo, that just looks like pure villain stuff, if we're being honest. She didn't really hurt anybody in, in the sword facility, but, yo, to just pull up, break into, like, some high-security stuff is like, ooh, we Wanda looks kind of villainous again, and then, yo, when we do see Wanda here in a little bit, the accent is back. Mm-hmm. And I-, I talked about that on Twitter, that Wanda might go full villain again, and if she does, her accent's gonna be back, so, ooh, man. But I mean, it's really not all that surprising that that Wanda would go full villain again. We've seen her go to extreme lengths to get what she want. Revenge on Tony Stark. I mean, she worked with Ultron for a while until she found out that Ultron wanted to completely destroy the world. So I think that Wanda would be willing to do a whole lot to protect Vision and her children. So even if there's going to be collateral damage. So I think they're definitely trying to lead us down the path of Wanda potentially being a villain. But I also definitely think with the reveal at the end of this episode that there's something else going on besides Wanda just controlling everything. I did mention last week the potential for Wanda going to get Vision's body from somewhere. And man, seeing that, it was super badass to see Wanda pull up and like use her powers. But to think about the emotions that went along with her doing that and then to see Vision just like in like scattered in pieces. Yeah, I think we just saw what might have made her snap. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to get some more background on that. And I definitely think there's probably some prior beef between Wanda and Hayward that we're going to end up seeing towards the end of the show. Yeah, because it's interesting that Hayward was trying to say, Oh, she, yep. he didn't want to be used as a weapon. She violated his living will. Oh, really, Hayward? Because you had him pulled the fuck apart looking like yep. you were doing some experimenting and copying and maybe building things just like him and maybe making weapons modeled after him. It didn't in, in previously when Monica and Hayward were talking and he talked specifically about they made advancements in AI, nanotech, and robotic. Oh. And those are the, the vision ex- trinity. Mm. Mm, I'm just saying that's curious and and yo, it's always no one brought up the idea of Vision being used as a weapon. Wanda's not using Vision as a weapon. She's sure using him as a sitcom dad in her reality and having her perfect life. So it's just real funny that you pull out the 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 weapon portion of things, hey, where mm. you know what I'm saying? Just adding to suspicion, you dick monkey. Right. 
Jimmy Woo again right here before we cut back to to the house with the, the twins and Sparky. Jimmy Woo is the avatar of the audience and is asking the real questions. How did Wanda bring Vision back without the Mind Stone? And I still don't have an answer to this. I still think that Wanda is probably playing with a corpse within sitcom reality and, and Vision straight as long as he stays within the Hex. But if he were to leave the Hex, I think uh, that would not be good for Vision. And I think that there's a possibility that we might see that here in the coming episodes. But I really love the the meta aspect of things where Jimmy and Darcy are asking the questions and saying the things that we're thinking is the audience of the show. So that's one thing I've loved that's been throughout the episode since we started to get more sword stuff. So we cut back to the house and the twins are playing in the sink with Bubbles, which I just want to say this is like the third or fourth time we've seen Bubbles in the sink. Have no yep. idea what it means. Just throwing it out there. The twins are precious. I love them so much. Everything with them and Sparky is fantastic. Sparky. Oh, yeah. He's my favorite. I, well, actually, we had this conversation, and I know that the baby twins made your uterus make that noise, but the five and the ten-year-old twins don't really don't really do it for you? The five are okay, but they're kind of little shits. Uh-huh. And then the ten-year-olds, it's not the, it's not the actors, it's just like... Are we... Are we... Kind of, we get, to the, we get to the point of the Michael Jordan meme where it's fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. <laughs> They're kind of little twerps, man. <laughs> I would like to point out that Elizabeth Olsen in high-waisted overalls is um, perfect. And it's like the only image I want to see for the rest of my life. Sign me up. I really like that Tommy has vision. Step on my neck. Yes, please. Ruin me. Do it. I love that Tommy has vision, sense of humor. Talking about the, the doggy paddle in the sink. That was really cute. And the classic 80s, early 90s, child saying something that they would never come up with, writing. The whole conversation in the kitchen is a lot like that. It's cute. Yeah, I love it, definitely. It really fits. It fits the sitcom reality of everything. I I love the riffs that they've been doing in all the episodes with with the different eras of sitcom that they're in. We see Vision come in, and he's got his human face on. And Wanda asks, why? And Vision says that he thinks someone might pop over. And then, of course, Auntie Agnes shows up again (laughs) with a doghouse. And Vision mentions this was the exact thing that he was thinking that he needed. So I just want to point out that over the last three or the first three episodes where we were completely in sitcom reality, it kind of seems like Agnes may be fulfilling Vision's needs. And I think this may be in an attempt to try and keep sitcom reality the hex the maximov anomaly stable yeah for whom like for whose safety i don't know agreed that's what i'm still wondering agreed and you definitely get into that later in the episode yeah so in the first episode agnes brings over all the ingredients for dinner and it definitely seems like she's helping wanda but that dinner was to impress vision's boss at work the boss made comment when they are at work that yo the jones meal didn't meet the standards so vision's trying to make sure that they've got a good meal and and I mean, Agnes brings over like a, what, three, four course meal? Ridiculous three course meal, including lobster. It's like a surf, turf, and chicken. Yes. So then in the second episode, Agnes brings the rabbit to Wanda. But if you think about it, Vision was actually the magician and he was the one that was going to need to pull the rabbit out of the hat. Yep. So yeah, she she brought something for Wanda and snapped Wanda out of looking at the shield, or not the shield, the sword drone. But again, it, it seems like that's something that Vision was going to need. In the third episode, Agnes doesn't necessarily bring anything to Vision. But 
definitely informs Vision that there's something wrong with Monica and then keeps Herb from spilling the beans that potentially everyone is trapped here. So even though Agnes didn't bring Vision anything, she provided information and protected him from information that would have been damaging to him and staying within the hex. So I just think that's real interesting. I don't know if there's... Well, I think there's definitely something to make of it at this point. I just don't know what. Yeah, I like where you're going with it. Then, yeah, Agnes is like, yo, how about Sparky? And so that's how we get the the name for the dog. And I think that that, yeah, I think it's probably just a cute Easter egg. I don't think that we actually end up seeing the robotic dog from the comics. He had a cute Easter egg pet name for the rabbit, too, with Mr. Scratch or Senior Scratchy. Nicholas Scratch. So fair enough, Agnes. I mean, I've seen it theorized that, yo, that potentially could be her son as well. And that there may be a reveal at some point towards the end of this that that her son is there. So it could be whether we end up seeing Sparky make some kind of return, too, because I do think that his death was kind of odd. Something that we'll talk about here again in a little bit. Yeah. So Wanda is just blatantly using her powers in front of Agnes and Vision is like, yo, what the fuck? WTF, mate. Like, this this is not what we talked about. This is not the agreement that we made. We talked about trying to make sure that we would fit in here. And again, I think this kind of lends credence to the idea that Wanda is comfortable within the Hex and their life and the lies that she's leading and living there. And it makes me think that maybe she knew Agnes before the Hex was created. I think that's a fair point, too. And I think that, that if Agnes and Wanda knew each other prior to the Hex being created then I definitely think there's potential that Agnes has control here. And that's why Wanda doesn't have any issue using her powers in front of him. Yeah, maybe she went to Agnes for help to bring Vision back in some capacity and her powers were just so great that she was able to do something way bigger and Agnes is just trying to keep it all together so nobody dies. Definitely, definitely. It feels like the the jam to me. Definitely, I definitely feel that 100%. Yeah, so Vision and Wanda said that they've made this agreement about not using their powers. And it's just, again, these important conversations between them continue to get interrupted, largely by sitcom tropes. And so at this point, the kids want to keep the dog. And Vision kind of comes up with what he thinks is going to be a kind of a loophole, I guess, and says that the kids can't have the dog until they're 10 since they're five right now. But then, of course, the the kids just instantly become 10 years old. And I'm thinking potentially, is this Billy using his powers already? Because I'm really not understanding how the kids are aging within the context of of the Hex. Yeah, and then I thought maybe it could be Tommy. I don't know if any sort of speed power might yep. do something like that. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Either either or, it's just I, I just don't understand how they're aging in sitcom reality. So I think those are both probably viable theories about what's going on with them. So then we cut back to the sword base. And Jimmy Woo walking through the base to bring his BFF's coffee is the cutest thing ever in life. Jimmy Woo is a girl. He deserves the world. I love him so much. Please give him his own show. I need it to happen. We need the X-Files with Jay Woo and Darcy. Yes. I'm so happy that Darcy finally got her coffee. Yay. So then we... Monica is trying to figure out how to get back into sitcom reality. And she's talking about what kind of protection she would need and she said lead for photons cadmium for neutrons Photons. but i i don't even care what the what the other stuff was i want to point out that she said photon like you just said again so it really seems like she's going to end up going with the photon moniker rather than the spectrum which i think makes absolute sense because her mom was maria 
Photon Rambo. If m- my mom had a nickname like that and I got to be a superhero, like, uh, they used to call my mom Stretch. She played softball and she played first base. Used to make the crazy catches, so they called her Stretch. Yeah, so if I ever got any kind of superpowers, even if I could, like, turn invisible, yo, I'm still going by Stretch. That's so <laughs> cute. I love that. Yeah, so, like, I absolutely get I get Monica going by Photon, so, like, I, I completely get it. So I had been saying Spectrum, you know, I'm really... I, I really would prefer Photon at this point, so I definitely hope that's what it what it's gonna be. I think though that Monica planning to go back in the into sitcom reality is something that's not gonna come to fruition. We've seen in one of the trailers a big truck that looks a lot like what Monica just described with the protection that you would need to be able to get back into sitcom reality, but it looks like it just crashes into the border of sitcom reality. I think if Monica does end up getting back into sitcom reality and this is in the notes i just thought of this it will be with her using her new power set because she can change you know between the different kinds of lights and i think that being able to kind of like phasing maybe yeah might be able to get her through sitcom reality borders the hex borders because i do think at some point we might see monica and wanda come to blows even though monica is an ally at this point I think she's going to want to try to incapacitate Wanda without actually killing her. Because I think at some point we see here in just a moment what Dick Hayward does, not director, Dick Hayward does. So, yeah, I think if Monica figures out that she's got powers and she might be able to go toe to toe with Wanda and she could incapacitate Wanda without actually killing her. I definitely think that's something that Monica would try and do. I love how smart Monica and Darcy are. I really hope this inspires a whole bunch of like little girls to get into like STEM or whatever the new word for like science and mathematics and stuff is because so cute. Yes, it's so good together. Their banter is fantastic. I love them so much. There's one point either now or a little bit later in the lab where Monica gives Darcy this little smile mm-hmm. too, and it's just oh, it's, so it's so endearing. Yes, I love, I love it, it so much. Jimmy Woo talking about endearing says, holy Christmas. And I, yeah, I just love everything about Jimmy Woo. Like, please give him a whole entire show. I need it to happen. Monica makes a mention of she knows an aerospace engineer that would be up for this challenge. I'm excited that you had thoughts on this because I was racking my brain and I don't know enough. I don't have enough breadth of knowledge of the MCU. So... So like I was talking about, if Monica has been out in space and has messed with dark matter and stuff, and that's why Darcy has followed her, it would make sense to me that Reed Richards might be the aerospace engineer that Monica knows that would be up for this challenge. But I also saw on Twitter that they said the Spanish translation for the episode had the female she version of space engineer. So Monica could potentially be talking about Sue Storm instead of Reed Richards. So... I definitely think we're seeing the foundations being laid for the Fantastic Four to show up and them to have involvement with S.W.O.R.D. Yeah. We've talked about the missing astronaut. The missing astronaut. They could have gotten snapped away and they disappeared for five years and then got snapped back. And being in space around like some kind of dark matter gave them powers. It could be like the way that Scott got stuck in the quantum realm for five years. It could be that when the snap happened, they got stuck out in space and they've been floating around out there and they come into contact with some dark matter. But I definitely think that some kind of space energy, dark matter, cosmic energy is going to be what gives the Fantastic Four their powers. And we definitely know that they're coming soon. John Watts that directed all three of the Spider-Man movies is going to be directing the first Fantastic Four movie. I definitely think it'll probably be about 2023 when we get that. So we've got the Fantastic Four right around the corner. Monica calls it the Hex, 
And Darcy gets so excited. I think this may be the point where they share oh. that little smile. Oh, I loved it so, so much. So cute. Jimmy's in the background just shaking his head no. I know I said this earlier, but I love these three together so much. Dream team. 100%. If they do do a show with Darcy and Jimmy, I'm going to need Monica to show up at some point in that too, because you got to reunite this trio. They're iconic at this point now. Monica, though, has a little light bulb go off in her head. And tells them that everything that happens in the hex is actually real. So the twins are real. The clothing's real. Everything is real. Darcy says this means that Wanda is wielding an insane amount of power. Jimmy says it's something more than we've ever seen before. I've talked about this before. I think it's definitely because Wanda is tapping the energy of the Infinity Stone atoms that are out yep. there. I wouldn't be surprised if a whole lot of the magic wielders are stronger than the MCU right now. I think that's something that we probably will see explored way more in depth in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Even if they can't reconstitute the stones right now, I definitely think that Doctor Strange would have the ability and the power set to be able to tap the Mind Stone. So I think that's something that we'll definitely get to explore more in Doctor Strange sequel. I love when they're in the lab that everyone knows about the battle at the Avengers uh, facility at the end of Endgame. And that they all know that Wanda almost killed Thanos. But yeah, yo, I, and this is so cool because this is a conversation that we recently just had on Twitter. Yeah, literally last week we got into this fight again. Yes. About Wanda or Carol, because Jimmy Woo chimes in and goes, well, you know, I think Captain Marvel came pretty close. Yep. And then, yo, but with, with that, we see Monica make like the super stink face. Yeah. And this makes me rethink the conversation that we had last week where we talked about Carol definitely came back to Earth to see Maria and Monica. But based on the reaction from Monica right here when Carol is brought up, ooh, man, I don't know. Carol may have not came back to Earth. My mind went in so many directions. Yeah. She could have not come back. She could have maybe given Maria cancer from exposure to her radiation, which is horrible to think about. And then maybe fled to not make it worse. And maybe Monica didn't know what the hell was going on and just feels abandoned. And maybe that all comes to a head and or gets resolved in Captain Marvel 2. I, well, I definitely think that, I'm, well, I definitely don't think. I know that Monica and Carol are going to see each other in Captain Marvel 2 because they're both in it. So I definitely think that whatever the case was, is it's definitely going to get resolved real soon here. Yeah, that's kind of, oh man, that's kind of sad to think about. But I really love the lab scene. Monica grabs Jimmy's gun and starts shooting her outfit from the from in the hex <laughs> just deadpan pew pew yeah that's another reason why i was like do you feel like yourself monica because that was pretty yeah jesus like she usually has a little bit more pep in her step yeah it gave me real strong peggy carter vibes from the yeah. first avenger when she shot cap uh when he first got the vibranium shield the way that she just snatched the gun and started shooting they come to the conclusion that Wanda is literally rewriting reality. Again, I think probably with the reality stone atoms that are lingering out there in the universe, but she is changing tangible items that stay changed even when they leave the hex. So yeah, that's, uh, hmm, that's, that's real curious. She's wielding a crazy amount of power. She's changing things. Man, it's, it's a lot to take in. So I definitely think that we will. We will get some answers about Wanda and the reality next week. I think that episode six is going to be a real, real big one. It's going to be a dizzy. It's going to be a gas. (laughs) Oh, I love her so much. 
Monica is so smart. I love that she comes up with the idea to use the old tech so that when it goes into sitcom reality, they don't have to worry about it changing. So then we cut back to Vision at work. Somewhere we haven't seen Vision since episode one. And since we're in the 80s now, they've upgraded the technology at the office and they've got computers instead of like, I guess, just like those little typewriters they had before. And Norm says... This is a typewriter, Rolodex, and calendar all in one. What else can it do? Find me a wife? And then Vision says eventually yes, which is real funny, but also it's weird that Vision is acknowledging like future and current events and technologies in the real world when in a li- in just in a few minutes he's going to say that he doesn't remember anything before Westview. So I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought it was super weird. It's the first time that he's acknowledged the future and stuff, too, because he hasn't like when they were doing stuff like that before at work, he wasn't like, oh, you should see what will happen in 30 years or anything like that. And and now you're doing it. Why? Yeah. So I just think that's I think it's curious. I will. We'll see if it really means anything, but I definitely think it's worth pointing out. Norm makes a comment about Vision speaking the computer's language, but Vision doesn't freak out and overcorrect him like we've seen him do in the past. Any mention of him about being a computer or a non-human, he got like super freaked out and overcorrected and was like, oh, I'm most certainly human. I'm an organic person. And so it's it's just... It's a stark contrast between his this reaction and his previous reaction. So I, I don't know if Vision's getting more comfortable, if he's getting fed up with having to try to fit into something he doesn't really even understand what's going on. But he's definitely, his actions are definitely changing. I love the AOL connection noises yeah. for the computer. It makes me so happy. Yeah, a little dial-up sign in is my ASMR. <laughs> then I love this little line, what are you looking for? And Norm says a letter opener. We don't need that. We're already on the cutting edge. I've just, Bettany and the, the comedy is just fantastic. And he already knows about email. So it, again, it's just interesting that he does have knowledge of the future. The email, though, is a top secret sword email. And it reads, Dr. Darcy Lewis's findings regarding the Maximoff anonymous. Anomaly. High levels of radi- radiation present at perimeter effects on Westview. <laughs> Please advise. Yeah. And so, um, oh my God, that was super creepy when everybody just started repeating it. And then they all just started smiling and laughing afterwards. That was so strange. So off-putting. What in the fuck? And again, the Hail Hydra vibe, the For the Children vibe. Yes. Yes. What is this? The mantras, the chanting. Yes. Hive mind. What the fuck is that about? But also now we're seeing here's the danger of Wanda losing control again as well. Because now as technology continues to flourish with the time changing, so does the opportunity for Vision or whomever to get in touch with something outside of her reality. That's a really, really, really good point. Proof again that she's losing control of the situation. While she constantly insists that she has everything under control. Looking forward to seeing what happens with it, but I don't really know where it's going to go. There's so many different options. So that's all I was really thinking about. This is one of my favorite things about this show. We talked about this in the first or second episode, I think. It's been a very long time. I feel the last time I watched a show like this and didn't know what was going to happen was Watchmen um, on HBO. And, and prior to that... It'd probably been five or six years before I'd seen a show that really had me on the edge, that, that gripped me like that. And Right. The first season of Dark had it for me, but then I predicted the other two seasons. So, yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I have ideas and I think that some of the stuff that I think is going to be right, but it, it man, it, it's, they've done a really good job and it's just so unique and so refreshing in the context of everything we've seen within the MCU. I think how it ends obviously will, will impact this a lot, but, uh, I think this is probably in my top three MCU properties already. 
they've just done a fantastic job and I'm, I'm really excited and that's the thing is it just seems to have gotten better with every episode and if that continues to be the case oh man the episode eight and nine are gonna be literally fucking mind-blowing but uh yo as always we appreciate y'all hanging out listening to us if you have any comments or some questions hit us up on twitter at history of the mcu doc <laughs> i was about to do it again at history of the mcu you can also get us on instagram at history of the mcu email us history of the mcu at gmail.com or check out the website history of the mcu.com we will catch y'all later this week when we drop another mini sode and we hope you enjoyed it but we are out of here <laughs> bye. bye fuck you tom brady fuck you girl <laughs> bye ah.